You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And folks, we have a ton of Yankees baseball to talk about today. Uh, no, we don't. The Yankees have not played since being swept by the Rays uh, on Thursday, uh, thanks to the Mets and a little bit of MLB snafu and a natural off day on uh, Monday. So beautiful stuff. The Yanks will be back in action on Tuesday, but we are here today to run you through a laundry list of topics. Uh, Make sure to visit us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Please leave us five-star reviews and comments. We have a lot we want to talk about with you, but we won't know what you want to hear about until you tell us. So Please do chime in with the comments and we will interact with as many as we can mailbag style. We just want to hear from you. Uh, Thomas, what are we going to be going through today? Exciting stuff, Adam. We got the trade deadline a week from today. Pretty crazy stuff. Uh, Feels like the season started two weeks ago. So this is probably the most unprecedented uh, deadline we're ever going to see. Will a lot of people be moved? No idea. Who is going to be moved? I, I, I also don't know. Um, but before we get into that, a couple of pertinent topics here. Speaking of the trade deadline, we had the Red Sox pull off a trade with the Phillies that we're seeing the usual uh, puff pieces on the Red Sox now because they got a steal in Nick Pavetta, apparently. We'll touch on that. And also, Yankees Nation wants to talk about Clark Schmidt. What's going on? Why is he not up yet? Why has he not been the corresponding roster move after all these injuries and all these people going on the IL? We're going to touch upon all this. Um, and I think uh just for the sake of it we should start with that and then we'll roll into red sox trade and then we'll roll into the yankees uh trade deadline uh, uh potential acquisitions hey that works for me i uh so about clark schmidt i i don't think i vowed entering the 60 game season 
that I wouldn't get mad about roster personnel stuff and the inner workings of a roster and, you know, how you, you know, some people get stuck in the minors because they're not on the 40 man and they're not protected and all that stuff. Uh, it feels like a lot of other teams have made allowances for their top prospects to contribute in 2020. It's really not stopping other organizations from finding footholds for the people who a would improve the day-to-day construction of the roster and B simply aren't getting a chance to develop at the alternate site or God forbid at nowhere, because there are top prospects who aren't even at the alternate site level who don't have a minor league season and are kind of, I don't know what they're doing. They're in their backyards trying to build up quote unquote innings so that they don't get injured when they quickly jaunt back into action in 2021. Uh, There are people just caught in no man's land. At least Clark Schmidt is at the alternate site. But that being said, he, he isn't on the 40-man roster, and Aaron Boone sort of keeps casually using that as the reason he's not up with the big league team, even though when he sent him down at the end of summer camp, he did sort of specifically say, I- I'm pretty sure, you know, we're, we're going to have a role for Clark at some point. He, he really threw the ball well. You know, he, he's a guy that I think is going to be real close to contributing for us. And that's a nice platitude, but it, we are at the point where you know, what we thought, what's it going to take for him to come up after summer camp? Well, a, a rotation member, an established rotation member being long-term injured enough to warrant a, a replacement in a one-for-one replacement in the rotation. We're not calling Clark Schmidt up to be a bullpen ace, but we are calling him up to be, you know, the kind of person who fills a rotation spot for a solid month. And James Paxton is out. He won't throw for two weeks. He's vowing to get some starts in before the playoffs. We can't possibly you know predict whether that will happen or not but it's a perfect opportunity to literally one for one swap Clark in for James Paxton and still Boone is saying you know it's not something we have to address for the next couple of days at least uh it's going to be a while and we're probably going to lean towards guys on the roster like Michael King and Jonathan Loisega and Nick Nelson uh I I don't get it Thomas I I don't get why they're not willing to make sort of this one easy alteration to make sure that this is possible very easy and we thought this was going to happen after Hap got tattooed by the Orioles and the Phillies. We were like, all right, great. Now we know that Hap is either going going to the bullpen or doing something, like we talked about, maybe Jacoby Ellsburying him. And now we have an actual injury to a contributing pitcher who matters in James. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. Paxton, and we're still sitting on Clark Schmidt, and they called up uh, Miguel Yahore. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, I think Yahore, something. Yahore, yeah. Um, And he, just like Schmidt, has no experience above double A. So I don't understand what the weight is here. Is this a service time thing? I hate to sound pessimistic, but like what if Schmidt, what if they were to call up Schmidt also, I don't know what the what, what the big deal is if he's not on the forty man roster. He's on he's on the player pool, so doesn't that shouldn't that seamlessly transition him to the roster? So it makes me think that this is some sort of service time thing because if Clark Schmidt comes up and starts, you know, throwing heat like he was in summer camp, he was remember, he was mowing down starting 
the, the starting lineup for the Yankees. So this guy clearly is ready, clearly has the stuff. Um, makes me think if he does start playing well, that they're going to have to keep him up because there's not, they can't have another Clint Frazier situation on their hands where they keep jettisoning this one guy to and fro the minor league system when he's clearly is a big leaguer. And then, you know, they're going to be losing precious time when they don't have to pay him a lot of money. So that's the only thing that I can think of. Um, I don't know the complications with getting somebody from the player pool up to the 40 man roster. It did, didn't seem to be a problem for a couple other guys. Um, and with all due respect to Michael King, he's been solid, but he hasn't been great. And if you're going to tell me that, you know, he gets the call at the beginning of the season, that's fine. He was impressive. He deserved it. But at this point, a guy like Clark Schmidt, who was equally as impressive and, you know, perhaps better, definitely deserved a shot at this point when the pitching staff now just lost Paxton, Britton, and Luis Abilon. We, we need players. We need guys who can contribute, and there is no time to waste. There is no time. We're, September's here. There, we, there cannot be getting swept by the Rays anymore. We have another series against them in, what, less than 10 days already? So I don't know. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. The only thing that I could put my finger on is it being a service time issue. I don't understand. I mean, the Michael King thing, you know, say what you will. Theoretically, he's just sort of hanging out on the roster for middle innings right now, and it wouldn't really disrupt things to give him starts. Uh, the the Loisaga thing, like the fact that Boone mentions him as being in the mix is genuinely sort of disturbing to me, considering that is now borrowing from a strength and, and turning the strength into a weakness. Without Zach Britton, like Loisaga is a guy who's shown that in short bursts, he can be extremely effective, and he's been coming in sort of at the back end of these games. And I, I'd want him to get higher leverage innings without Britain. I'd want him to be in the mix for, for the seventh inning, it, you know, while the rest of the back end of the bullpen is on the shelf and while Roldis Chapman's still working himself into form. I would rather see Loisica set up for Chad Green in a closer role than take on like a three-inning start after not being stretched out all year. Schmidt seems like a seamless you know, if you don't want to mess up the bullpen, why not just bring up your top prospect? It's sort of, and the, the player pool, I, do, I officially don't understand. I thought it was supposed to make it easier yeah. for teams to have access to larger ranges of people during this shortened season, unlike any other, but somehow being in the player pool, it's become an impossibility to get them up. Uh, here's an idea. If you need to get Clark Schmidt on the 40 man roster and you don't want to lose anyone off your 40 man roster, you actually can lose Luis Avalon off your 40 man roster. Uh, if you really want to, because he's got some sort of left shoulder inflammation. That doesn't sound like it's going to sort itself out in a month. And he's not very good. So, boom, I just saw it for and, you. And he tripped and fell on the poor guy, dude. That was that, really that Thursday was a comedy of errors. Um, but anyway, yeah, on uh, Loisaga, he very much is the most effective in short, short, you know, one inning spurts. He's, he's got such nasty stuff. Uh, we've seen the experiment of him, you know, doing spot starts or coming in for the middle relief. It doesn't work. I'm done with bullpenning games. I'm done with it. The only way I'm not done with it, done with it, is if we use Chapman as an opener because I've been wanting to see that for years. That's Forever. the only way I'm not done with it. I, I don't want to do any more bullpen games. I don't want to do any any more of these spot starts. Um, it's messing with the bullpen too much. We have too many good guys in there. I I don't think we should be using them in all these different. I'm, I'm not, you know, set on everybody having a. a a definitive role and that's all you do. But like, I don't want Chad green starting a game and then coming in in a high leverage situation in the eighth inning. Like that's too much of a disparity for me. I want 
this kind of the way it is. And we should have somebody who is reliable, like a Clark Schmidt coming into the back end of the rotation, probably giving you, you know, at least four innings of solid work. Um, yeah, not for nothing, not for nothing with Clark. Like, like we said, there is no way, there is no exact science to preventing injuries. But this one of the scariest things about no minor league season is just the, there's so much worry when these pitchers go from 100, 120 minor league innings up to their first big league season and they're expected to throw, you know, a great big league yeah. starter throws 200 and they start capping them at 150 or whatever. Like, what is going to happen next year when the jump isn't 100 to 150, but like literally zero mm-hmm. high leverage innings to 150? So I think we should be getting someone like Clark Schmidt as many as we can at this point. Uh, and yeah, you don't want the Yankees organization to have a reputation for Clint Frasering people. Uh, it was a, it's weird how often they've shuttled Frazier back and forth, although the outfield is power packed with people. So you can at least rationalize it. Having a 24 year old pitching prospect ready to contribute, not using him because you're scared of some roster machination. And then maybe you do use him and, and still don't want to. And it, he reads that you're not enthusiastic. Uh, Schmidt posted an Instagram the other day with case Sarah as the caption, uh, whatever will be, will be, uh, clearly not thrilled with being left uh, to his own devices. So we hope that we see Clark Schmidt soon because I can't take much more of this. Like pitching is an outfield. You you can't have a top pitching prospect and decide that there's no room for him when there actually is. And it would just take a little roster manipulation. You know, he's, he's not there to sit there. We don't know what's going on. That's what we can assume safely assume, I think based on what we've seen in the past. Uh, But what actually did happen and what we do know is that the Red Sox traded Brandon Workman and Heath Henry, both relievers to the Philadelphia Phillies for a couple of guys. Uh, one in Nick Pavetta, um, who is a largely failed starting pitcher at the major league level, which I'll let you get into because I know you got a lot of things to say about, about that. And also uh, prospect Connor Seabold, another pitcher. Uh, seems pretty good. He's rebounded over the last uh, year or so. Um, but my biggest thing with this is that a, the Red Sox, first of all, this is a nothing trade. It's, it's pretty much, it's not going to do much for the Phillies. In my opinion, it's probably not going to do a whole lot for the Red Sox. I think it's a swap for a, the Phillies to not have the most disgraceful bullpen in the history of major league baseball. Cause that's the way it's trending right now. Um, but to have these knee jerk reactions on, Oh, you know, the Red Sox stolen an analytics favorite. This is great. The Red Sox should not have any positive headlines this year. And I'm not sitting here saying that because I hate the Red Sox. The Red Sox are the first team to 20 losses in 2020. And they have a, they, they still have everybody on the offense with the exception of Mookie Betts. This is completely insane how we're that the media is trying to spin something positive on the Red Sox. Um, especially because we have no idea how this trade is going to pan out. It's a very large unknown. And also the Red Sox quite literally traded their best reliever during the last three years and got pretty much nothing of substance in return. You can't tell me Nick Pavetta and Connor Siebold are worthwhile returns for this. Brandon Workman has arrived in Philly and blew his first save opportunity and wasn't out at the plate away from blowing his second save opportunity in as many days, by the way. So uh, I think whether you like this deal for the Red Sox or not, I think Brandon Workman is officially a member of the Phillies bullpen. Uh, It's not looking looking great for either side at the moment, but yeah, I, I, we have learned as if we didn't know it already. I I think we knew it going in, but Haim Bloom, the Red Sox GM is now officially the kind of guy where no matter what he does, it will be labeled as smart by a certain segment of the baseball media. And by a certain segment, we mean 
most of the baseball media. Uh, Theo Epstein had this. Uh, and Ben Charrington and Dave Dombrowski didn't have this. So everything Epstein did, genius. Everything Bloom did, genius. Uh, ben Charrington made some really smart moves and brought the Red Sox from a last place finish to a tw- to the 2013 World Series. Uh, he was lauded as sort of a, a comedy of errors as a GM. Dave Dombrowski uh, made Mookie Betts' trade a necessity with his stupid moves. No, he didn't. He nope. won the World Series with short-term nope. acquisitions. <laughs> Uh, legitimately, you know, transformed another middling roster into a 108-win World Series champion and then paid Nathan Avaldi a little too much money as a reward for his playoffs. But guess what? The Boston Red Sox can absorb that, and they should have absorbed that. So instead of blaming Dave Dombrowski for front office dysfunction, maybe we should blame the people on the Red Sox who decided they wanted to win like Dave Dombrowski and then suddenly didn't want to win like Dave Dombrowski. So Heim Bloom gets Nick Pavetta in return for his best bullpen arm, and Heath Hembry, who yelled IF with Trump after winning 2018 World Series. Shout out to that. Uh, yeah, the Red Sox are one <laughs> Trump supporter lower than they were uh, earlier this week. Uh, Nick, You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. That a 27-year-old reclamation project type starter. Uh, say what you will about his stuff. Uh, he has a similar spin rate on his fastball and curveball as Justin Verlander and Miles Michaelis. Uh, one of those guys is a Hall of Famer who throws 98 miles an hour. One of those guys is a middling three starter who throws 88. Uh, at some point, spin is maybe not entirely predictive. But yes, people people want to get their hands on Pavetta, apparently. He is one of those analytics darlings. But that being said, he has 80 or so starts in the NL East, never posted a full season ERA under 4.77. This year, his ERA in limited duty in Philly was over 15. Uh, so if Nick, uh, could Nick Pavetta be the Red Sox four starter of the future? Absolutely. I would, I would not blink. If, yeah. if, you, if I woke up in three years and you said, Nick Pavetta's 10 and 10 with a 4.44 ERA for the Red Sox, I would go, <laughs> okay. But we just can't be overly praising Haim Bloom in his first year after this embarrassing teardown for getting a starter with very bad statistics year in and year out. And not only that, this is not the Red Sox identity. The Red Sox are one of the richest and most profitable sports organizations in the world. They are not the Oakland Athletics or the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, going out every year, trying to find these diamond in the rough guys, scraping the bottom of the barrel and making it part of their identity. And this is how they're going to build a roster. The Red Sox can do whatever they want, whenever they want, just because they're taking the route to do this because they're cheap. And they're exhausting other options instead of spending money, which they have plenty of. It doesn't, that doesn't mean that they get, they get a pat on the back for, oh, you know, you found this guy, you know, you know, good looks. He, he has a five ERA, but you know, that curveball spin rate, that's looking pretty good. Maybe that can pan out in a couple of years. I'm not buying this. This is not who they are. This is not who they should be. I know that this was technically who they were when Theo Epstein took over, but Let's also not forget your top three in payroll. So you have the luxury of kind of uh, instituting this money ball type 
uh, philosophy in the front office, but you can also spend $150 million if you want. So I'm not for having, you know, this kind of uh, the, the dual credit here of like, oh, you know, you're a spending powerhouse, but also you're making these, you know, shrewd under the radar moves. We don't even know if this is shrewd and under the radar. This is Bloom's really first, like, I guess, move that can be characterized as such. We'll, you know, we'll find out in a couple of years because I don't think Nick Pavetta is turning this around, you know, in the next, uh, in this shortened season and then into 2021. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I, there's just so many other things to talk about the Red Sox. We don't need, we don't need a puff piece on this. And, uh, that's, that's all I got to say about it. I, I don't need, we don't need to waste any more, uh, time because we have a trade deadline coming up ourselves and we need to get a couple of players in town to help us out. Adam, who do you want and why? This is so weird. I, I cannot believe, A, that the trade deadline is already basically here, and B, that people are going to be traded at the trade deadline. Like, we've decided that not – like, pandemic baseball has been so safe so far. Clearly, no full teams have been knocked out of action for a week and a half based on their travel schedule alone. So, of course, it, it's also now safe to just, like, swap a couple of people, and now we got people flying cross-country. Uh, so that's awesome. I'm, I'm so happy to be able to talk about trade rumors. Um, I think the Yankees uh, are they, they need pitching fairly obviously. I, I think I would be hesitant to obtain anybody at a high cost to the farm system this year. Uh, like we there are things happening this year that will never happen again. The Yankees are losing ground in the AL East right now, in part because they were swept by the Rays, but also in part because they're straight up not playing for like five days while the Rays win games against the Blue Jays. So they're going to be they're going to be way further back in the ALEs than they were when life starts up again simply because of scheduling quirks and and positive tests on other teams. So there's just so much to prepare for. I would not give up any prospect capital that the Yankees really feel confident in. Uh, but we need starters, uh, and I would say uh, the the Baltimore Orioles are about a 500 team right now. Uh, I don't think they can really be too confident in remaining a 500 team moving forward. They came up with a couple clutch wins against the Red Sox this weekend. Uh, remember, clutch wins against the Red Sox. That's the 9-20 and 20 Red Sox. You know, the clutch wins hit a little bit different when you're knocking around the bullpen of the 9-20 and 20 Red Sox. Uh, and the, the Orioles still have lower playoff odds, according to fan graphs, than the Red Sox do. Uh, and what, that's a 9-20 and 20 team against a uh, like a 14 to 14 team so the Orioles effort has been very impressive so far but not a lot of believers in them being the team that rises into that eight seed or seven seed uh how about Alex Cobb he has sort of reinvigorated himself as you know a three starter added movement to that sinker he's always been dependable when he's been healthy and when you know the shoulder is held up so far this year 31 and a third innings just 22 k's but a lot of spotless control uh, 3.73 ERA. He has walked 10 in those 31 and a third innings. So I guess it's a little bit of a bugaboo. Um, and his FIP is much higher than his ERA. But Cobb's got command of the zone, and he's a veteran presence that you could probably add to this team for a cheaper price than it would take to bring in sort of a big name. Thomas, are you big game hunting, or are you looking for you know small improvements like myself? Uh, I definitely don't want to give up much in given the circumstances of this year and, you know, just cause we're so injured, like we don't know how the season is going to play out. Like, again, it's a shortened year. 
Will we get some guys back? Yeah. Will they be fully ready to go? I have no idea. Will they get injured again? I also don't know. So uh, I think, you know, me, I think on that note, giving up a significant haul for, you know, a shorter term person who's going to help us win in this very moment, I don't think is a smart idea. Um, I agree. We need starting pitching. That's number one on my list. I don't, we don't need any more uh, relievers. Just like I said, establish roles with these guys and just let it fly. This is the best bullpen in the league. We have sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys. We don't need to bolster that anymore. We already have enough talent in the minors as well to come up and potentially help with that. Do not trade for a reliever, please. I like the idea of Alex Cobb, but I'm a little intrigued by a couple guys here. Um, two are two are high cost, two are low cost. Um, my number one is Kyle Freeland. Will the Rockies? What are the Rockies doing? They just they just endured a very very bad slide. I think they've lost twelve of their last fourteen. Um, just getting their doors blown off by the Dodgers. Um, the NL is pretty deep. There's you know, I, I don't think at this point after doing what they just did, unless they have a big run now, they're going to be able to recover and make one of the wild card spots. Do the Rockies trade Kyle Freeland? He's got three more years of control. He's a lefty. He's been pitching great. He obviously had last year was a little bit, was, was not very good, but he finished fourth in the Cy Young voting two years ago. And he's through six starts, 2.87 ERA, 1.11 whip. I like this guy. We need another effective lefty. If he's able to effectively pitch at Coors Field the way he's done, I don't think Yankee Stadium would be a problem. Um, I think that would cost a little much. And then if you really want to get crazy, what if the Yankees just make a big package and get him and Arenado? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his situation is in Colorado after that tumultuous offseason. I don't know what the Rockies are thinking in terms of their future, but uh, I'm going to stir the pot here a little bit and make that a a potential trade package because we got the pieces if they want some controllable guys um i'm not advocating for it but you know i could see a frazier and duhar georgella uh maybe davy garcia deal involved involved in this i don't know i'm yeah. i'm, I'm kind of crazy i'm a crazy guy i like doing crazy things so um i'm not going to rule that out in terms of if the yankees want to make a big splash i think that's their i think that's a big option for them in terms of hitting and pitching um Another one, and I want to know what you think. Would the Nationals entertain trading Max Scherzer? He's got a couple years left. Um, they're very much hot and cold this year. I don't think they have the, the magic that they do from last year. They have some injuries. They lost a, you know, a couple of key guys. Um, do the cheap Nationals, who, by the way, the richest owners in baseball, the learners, they are cheap. They are very cheap people. They like to backload. And uh, uh, what do they do? With the money they they uh they like they to offer defer, price. They defer yeah, defer. Yeah. yeah you defer the payment until 2060 when they're dead and like their grandkids are taking care of the, the payments at that point um what if they're willing to deal scherzer and what would you be willing to give up for him yeah so how about uh, how about max scherzer how about bringing that up i mean it, it, it's a matter of how i wonder what's going on internally in the nationals clubhouse they've taken a First off, they did it, right? They've been sort of the team building up to doing it for eight years with the sole goal of winning a World Series, proving they can win a playoff series. They did it all last year in one of the most spectacular playoff runs you'll ever see, knocking the Astros uh, off the pedestal in Game 7, winning four road games 
you'll never see a more spectacular World Series run. And Max Scherzer gutted it out all the way through, justifying his seven-year contract and more. That being said, that seven-year contract, it went by kind of quickly. and it's So fast. Up, it's up after 2021. I don't yeah, know sorry. how that's possible. Yeah, I mean, Scherzer has been like – Scherzer and Lester were free agents the same offseason when Lester went to Chicago and it was kind of a double Yankee failure. It was like not only they could have signed Scherzer or Lester or both. Uh, they signed neither. And it was in both seven year deals, I would say, objectively worked out. Uh, Lester backsliding a little bit now, but not really. And he already delivered a World Series to Chicago. So I would say you do that. 10 out of 10 times. You do Scherzer 10 out of 10 times too. Uh, the ultimate competitor. I just think what there there's the there is the possibility that the vibe is different in the Nationals clubhouse this year after already doing it and being in a shortened season. This is not a true title defense. I don't think a competitive bulldog like Max Scherzer feels like it is. Uh, he owed it to himself to be there, but uh, yeah, it's only a year plus left on the deal. Uh, uh, Thirty-one and a third innings, forty-four K. It's two and one, a four-point-three-one ERA for Scherzer this year. Just turned thirty-six. Uh, and yeah, you wonder without Ryan Zimmerman and with Steven Strasburg going down with season ending surgery, if it's going to take sort of two top 10 prospects and a back end guy for the Yankees to maybe pry Scherzer away from Washington. Uh, yeah, if they're not going to, you know, Strasburg's career might be at a crossroads. Mm -hmm. This carpal tunnel thing is serious. We, we, I actually, I cannot predict the bounce back from, from the surgery to relieve that issue. I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah, for me, it's all about what Scherzer wants. You know, he, I think if he were to go to the Nationals front office and they were to ask him if he would be traded and he, he just said, I want to be here for the next five years, they would figure out one-year deals to get it done and they might be disgusting and they might be deferred money. But if the vibe has changed in Washington, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why the Yankees shouldn't at least be asking. Yeah, and this should be, I think, I think the, the Nationals front office should be considering this. Get a few other pieces to build around, uh, build around Juan Soto. And you essentially just did a mini retool during a season that doesn't matter uh, for, for them. You know, like you said, not a real title defense. It's 60 games. Uh, their number two starter was enduring in injuries from the get-go. Now he's out for the year. And that's a big hit for them given, you know, they lost Rendon. Um, so they needed all the firepower they could get. And right out of the gate, they stumbled. Um, I'm not saying they're, you know, dead in the water. They're 11 and 14. Anything can happen. As we saw last year, they were 18 and 31 last in the division. The Marlins were ahead of them and they end up winning the world series. So, uh, not ruling out that they can, they can, you know, recreate the magic, but it's not very likely. And it's not like you're getting rid of Scherzer for, you know, an extended period of time. It's the rest of this year and next year. And you could get serious value for him because the Yankees, I think, I think that's something the Yankees would, would pay, pay a big premium. Um, but, you know, enough of the craziness. Uh, I don't want to get everybody's hopes up. Um, my honorable mentions here, because we still do need starting pitching, and I love the lefties, uh, Mike Miner and Danny Duffy, the Rangers, uh, the Padres just broke them, uh, just, you know, battered them, dragged them across the infield, uh, you know, got them caught in the rain tarp, rolled them up, kicked them to the curb. Um, they're dead. They were 10 and 10, I think, or 10 and 11, uh, floating around in the AL West. And now they're 10 and 17. It's over, dude, figure it out. Mike Miner's not having a great year. Uh, lefty, maybe change of scenery can help the guy. Um, he's been good in years past. We were talking, you know, a year or two years ago when they signed him, it was a great under the radar move. Um, now not so much Kluber goes down for them. They pretty much have no hope. Uh, Rubenet Odor still batting under 200. I don't know what that's about. Uh, but the Rangers need to figure something out. 
maybe getting rid of Viner for, you know, a prospect or two could, could, uh, could do them good. And also Danny Duffy, the Royals are going nowhere. They don't really need Duffy. He's an effective lefty. He has experience during that 2015 World Series run. think it could be valuable for the Yanks, especially in the back end of the rotation. Like I said, I'm done with bullpenning games. I'm done with experimenting with people for that fourth or fifth start. Just get a guy in there who can eat innings and give you a shot, and that's it. Those are my two honorable mentions. Yeah, I, I will say I'll add my guys. Uh, I think when I say that I don't want to make like a splashy move or sacrifice too much, I'm only talking about expensive rental types. Yeah. Like if, if Nolan Arenado showed up or Max Scherzer showed up, yeah, I would, I would deal a little more prospect capital for these big names with a little more security. But a lot of people are connecting the Yankees to Marco Gonzalez uh, on the Mariners, who is locked up long-term. And as a soft-tossing lefty, does not strike out a lot of guys, 147 and... Only pay for what you need when you download the Transit app and ride Coda. Plan, track, and pay for rides right from your smartphone. Unlike daily and monthly paper passes, fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Digitize your dollars and save when you download the Transit app. Learn more at Coda.com forward slash Transit app. 203 innings last year, 145 and 166 and two thirds the year before uh, with four and 3.99 ERAs. Now, Marco Gonzalez, interesting dude, uh, 28 year old lefty soft tosser, uh, interesting three or four starter to project in a rotation, but for what he's going to cost uh, and the fact the Mariners have already committed to him, he, he won't be a free agent until 2025. That is not a guy I want to add long-term to my rotation at this point. Um, I, if, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Cash having a good relationship with the Mariners, uh, and so that's why we're sort of all connecting these dots. I would do Taiwan Walker, uh, who's come back this year after being injured and exiled to Arizona. He's sort of been a comeback story. He's got a four ERA, more of an electric stuff type guy who's fastball. Uh, could use a little more movement, a little straight sometimes, but he's a more exciting four or five starter addition to me than sacrificing everything for Gonzalez. Um I'm also a big, you don't want anyone in the bullpen. I do kind of, uh, I would fill it out a little bit, especially if we are going to have to move Michael King or the wise to get the rotation. Not that I want to, but that it's what they've said they're going to do. Awesome. Um, how about Brent Sutter uh, on the, uh, on the Brewers? Um, viable lefty, ERA under four, an actual lefty who can get lefties out, eat significant innings out of the pen, even make a spot start if he has to. Uh, and he's an improvement over Luis Avalon. Uh, or if you want to get super insane, uh, Josh Hader is going to be connected to the Yankees until the end of time. He is a free agent in 2024. Uh, so once again, if that's someone you feel comfortable adding, he's going to take a monster trade package in the same way. You know, if you're fooling yourself and you think Hader's going to come relatively cheaply because he is a reliever, no, nope. he's going to take nope. the same package that it would take to get an Arnado, basically, which maybe maybe a top 15 prospect becomes a top 18 prospect, but he is going to be expensive as hell. Uh, but yeah, if you're talking to the Brewers about uh, Brent, you might as well sort of check in on Hater too, uh, and maybe turn that into another megalith. But yeah, uh, Walker, Cobb, I like Duffy a lot. I like Miner a lot. I would say no to Lance Lynn only because he would say no to us. No, it's Lance Lynn and Sonny Gray. We should just redo it. Yeah, it's only fair to respect his wishes because if we asked Lance Lynn if he wanted to come back to New York, he would say, absolutely, I do not want to do that. So if he's not going to come back, I'm not going to try to drag him back. Uh, but yeah, I'm a, I've always been a big Duffy guy. I let, you know, you're, you're not going to get 
Uh, you're not training for peak Randy Johnson in 2020. You know, anything you can get that is an improvement in the four spot is probably worth it. And the Yankees, the Yankees don't necessarily need playoff innings. Uh, they're going to maybe have James Paxton back for long relief or starts or whatever at that point. Hopefully Cole Tanaka Montgomery and, uh, and Paxton or Clark Schmidt if they come to their senses. Uh, but it would be nice to eat innings and have more viable pitchers than Jay Happ in a bullpen game in the interim. Yeah, and let's not forget, we don't really need another bullpen arm because we could use Jay Happ in this, in this mop-up time if it comes to it. So uh, I just I don't, feel the, I don't feel the need to acquire another, you know, another bigger name reliever where it's going to cost us anything, especially because we know we've seen the reliever market over the last couple of years. Teams are being taken advantage of just because bullpen's so important when the postseason comes around. And rival GMs aren't going to be walked walked all over, and you know you're going to have to pay the price. So um, that's 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 how I feel about it. But um, but anyway, that's it for uh, today's episode. Uh, today's Monday episode. Um, once again, please head over to Apple Podcasts, uh, write us a five star review, um, leave us some mailbag questions. Uh, we've been talking about this for weeks now. Hit us up on Twitter. Do whatever. Uh, head over to Spotify. Give us a listen. Whatever you can do. We got a lot of downloads on the last two pods. Appreciating the love, everybody. Um, and uh, we hope you'll be here for the rest of the week. We got episodes coming on Wednesday and Friday. Hopefully some more interesting stuff as Yankees baseball uh, picks back up this week. We got the Braves. Um, and then do we have the Mets again? We have the Mets again, and we have the Mets maybe for like five games. Oh, that's right. We be- got potentially two double headers. I just saw that. Boone said that there might be a double header Friday, and there might be a double header Sunday, and then there's going to be a makeup uh, later in September. Yeah, so if you like seven inning games and you like the Mets, then you're going to absolutely love what the Yankees have for you this week. (laughs) Um, All right, everybody. Well, we'll see you on Wednesday. Uh, For the pod, I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy's underscore takes. And I'm Adam Weinrib. Hit me up at at Adam Weinrib. See you, folks. Take care, everybody. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. 
Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.